Hey, and welcome to A Little Better. Uh, This week is Heaven Questions Part 2. My name is Daniel. I'll be your host. Uh, Before we dive in, I want to show you a few resources that Drew has mentioned in sermons uh, that we used in writing this series. The first one is Randy Alcorn's big book on heaven. This is what it looks like. It's a great resource, the primary resource we use. He also came out with a study guide that'll help you ask some questions, write some answers uh, as you digest this huge topic of eternity and heaven um, with God forever. The next one is a short little book on biblical theology of heaven where it uses the analogy Drew used this past week um, in his message that the Garden of Eden is our best picture of what heaven will be like. And this author takes the first two chapters of the Bible and the last two and shows you how they map right on top of each other. It's a short little read and it's super helpful thinking about eternity and heaven. And the last one is from the 40 question series. It's 40 questions about heaven and hell. All these are great resources. They'll be linked in the show notes below uh, where you can check them out um, later on. And this week on A Little Better, we dive into more questions about heaven. Remember our goal in this podcast is to know Jesus better by the power of his spirit, do better. So together we can be a little better. Hey, welcome to a little better this week. We're going to skip the sermon, you know, like recap. You can go and watch it because you know what? We have so many (laughs) questions. (laughs) <laughs> so many yeah. unanswerable questions. They slowly questions. keep coming in. We, right? we like praised everybody last week. Like, hey guys, thanks so much for all your questions. We didn't say stop. We should have said oh, stop. I didn't even give them an. I was like, thanks for your questions Sunday morning. I wasn't like, hey, send more. And and they did. <laughs> they came. They did. Oh, By they, man. we mean you. And so uh, we we totaled up. I, I kind of tried to do a rough count yesterday. Uh, we we had about a hundred different entries. But there were several people that asked two, three, four, five. Somebody asked even eight questions in one shot. So, I mean, my conservative math is we got like over 200 questions um, that came in. So, perfect. So, strap in. We're going to be here a while. We're going to be here a while. (laughs) (laughs) So, here here we go. Let's let's dive right in. Uh, Drew, in regard to this past Sunday's message, you mentioned a thief on the cross in Luke 23, specifically verse 43. Um, and the question comes in is, uh, there's some debate over the word today, whether there should be a comma after, which would reference it maybe being a hyperbole or a metaphor where Jesus wasn't meeting an immediate presence with the Lord. And if so, is there any other scripture that would indicate that we go to be with God immediately after death versus sleeping, or some theologians would call this soul sleep? Yeah, I think Paul talks about, you know, us being away from our body and present with the Lord. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's pretty clear. When we die, Mm -hmm. we leave our body, our soul leaves our body and is present with the Lord. So I think that's very clear in Scripture that, you know, when the thief on the cross, you know, we can get into the nuances, and I think you have some stuff on... I do. I tried to nerd out on it a little bit. Yeah, you did nerd out on the commas (laughs) and where they belong. Um, (laughs) But I think Paul makes it very clear. Yeah. I think even so does Luke 23, where he says, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Like, what? I don't think when someone's dying, you you throw like a, a some hyperbole out there. Like, hey, maybe, maybe today yeah. you're going to be with me in paradise. <laughs> I know you're dying and you're banking on this. Like, it just doesn't seem like the right context to throw out some hyperbole. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I think if you read it in context, Jesus is saying, hey, when you die... We're, we're going to be together, right? And I think Paul makes it abundantly clear. Yeah. Your soul leaves your body, 
you are at in the presence of the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And so just to nerd out just a little bit, Brad, I, I had to do it. So uh, obviously... The well, con- you had to do uh, it. Yeah, I had to do we it. We were supposed <laughs> to get nerdy drill on yeah. Sunday. You were not nerdy. Was yeah, it nerdy? It that wasn't was not super nerdy. That was, was 100% Drew. Yo, yeah. that is as nerdy as Drew gets. No, that's that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. Don't get me yeah, wrong. It was passion, Well, baby. you're yeah. never going to get unpassionate I, nerdy yeah. Drew, right? Like those things... Broccoli that you tastes like bacon. Pulled pork, I told him when we did pre-preach, I said, this is like a very passionate lecture, and I, I loved every minute of it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that passage specifically, I did some research on when the comma was actually developed, and because oh the my. question out, out of this, and obviously, in the first century, there wasn't a such thing as a punctuation mark, not uh, in the manuscripts. Yeah, not in the manuscripts. But in later manuscripts, we do have editorial notes that go back and add in some commas right. to, for breaking up those. And there is a comma in that verse, but it's after and Jesus said comma. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the verse. The NIV actually adds an additional comma inside of Jesus' statement, which wasn't present. Right. So I think we can say with that, to echo what Drew said, is when, and that word today, it always means an immediate like result, like today. Like yeah. within this, before the sun sets, basically, is what most scholars would say, um, you will be with me in yep. paradise. Um, and so, yeah. Next question is very similar to that. How do we um, rectify the idea of, People sleeping, like First Thessalonians, Paul says uh, he uses the term sleep for mm-hmm. Je- Jesus. Even does that in John eleven with Lazarus. He he talks about sleeping um, mm-hmm. as a reference to most preachers say that that's dying though. So why does the Bible use the word or the terminology of sleep instead? Of, why don't they just say they dead? Well, Jesus is clearly. You, I mean. Clearly, mm-hmm. He's clearly using a metaphor, right? He says the word sleep, but he means death because the disciples get it wrong, and, G- and then Jesus yeah, corrects yeah. them and says, "No, no, no, dead." <laughs> you know, so so sleep is you know metaphoric, you know euphemism. Is that mm-hmm. the right word? Yeah. You know, you know, a picture of it, but uh, you know, softening of it. But uh, it's clearer in those contexts that it is sure. intended to mean death. Well, and I think when you think about heaven, I think we have to be careful of two things, right? So sleeping, right? There's this growing theology of when we die, we don't go to intermediate heaven. We just, we're just we just in this slumber until Christ returns mm-hmm. and he resurrects our body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to be careful. One, I think God did something unique. When we die... Our, our, our soul is separated from our body when we go to intermediate heaven. Paul says, hey, you're away from the body. Your soul goes to be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. But I think our bodies are actually sleeping, right? They are dead. They're, but I think what happens is when Christ's return, he resurrects our bodies. So the, our bodies are no longer sleeping, and they reunite with us in the, the new heaven and the new earth. So I think mm-hmm. there is two, two yeah. things going on here. And sometimes when... <clears throat> When uh, the scriptures refer to sleeping, I think it could be referring to our our physical bodies because mm-hmm. our soul is separated. So our bodies technically are at s- sleep, right? Yep. They're they're gone. We're, we're away from them, and they'll be resurrected. They'll be awakened uh, on the new heaven and new earth. And so, yeah, yeah I was reading some of that, and you know, because. I'm looking at Bible dictionaries and things to catch up, mm-hmm. and so so Drew's not making that up. Other people yeah. think that too. <laughs> yeah, true. yeah. And, and Paul's dealing with an issue in in Thessalonica in First Thessalonians because there's all these people that are worried about their loved ones that die, even mm-hmm. though they follow Jesus. That right. they're worried that they're not going to get to be with Jesus because they they die before he returned. And Paul's you know he's putting them at rest and saying no, their bodies are resting, but they are with. Mm. 
they are with Christ. Right. And, and another so, argument against the sleep is that we do see in Revelation that there are the, the saints in heaven now yeah. crying out, when will yeah. justice? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so they're there now mm-hmm. in intermediate heaven yeah. waiting they are. for the final consummation where it all gets taken yeah. care of. Big question about intermediate heaven. I'm asking questions for myself. We, we, got have, we have questions, 200 right? questions. But one of the major questions about intermediate heaven is, will we have bodies? Right, yeah, because we know we're away from our body, mm-hmm. but you know, Randy Alcorn says he says we might not, it might just be our soul there. But yeah. he says God is capable of giving us temporary bodies until we are reunited with our body. Right. So it's an interesting question, it's an interesting question, but for me, it feels like an unimportant question. It's just <laughs> like, I, whatever happens, who cares? I'm fine That's with right, it. yeah. <laughs> so thanks for the add, Andrew. Uh, uh, all right, so next question, moving on. So, uh, Sunday, you offended many people by mm-hmm. telling them they're going to be vegetarians in heaven. Uh, so the question came in. There's a paragraph explaining the question, but I did it pretty quickly. Is meat, is eating meat bad if the end goal in heaven is to live at harmony with animals? No. No. Um, okay. Next question. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think if you, if, you, if you go through the history of your Bible, you'll notice that God makes a provision mm-hmm. in the Bible for us to eat meat, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think it, it is not wrong. It's not sinful to eat meat. Right. Um, my, you know, my wife and I, at some points in our, our lives, we've been vegetarians yeah. and you know, it's it's an it's an adventure. So I, I think those are these are personal conviction choices, yeah. right? How, however, the spirit leads you in your convictions. I think it is healthy to be a vegetarian. I think you can be healthy eating meat as well. So the answer quickly is yeah. no. It's not wrong to eat meat. There's multiple places in Scripture where God actually commands people to eat meat or provides meat for them to eat. I think I well, think part of, of the, the festivals, the festivals yeah. uh, in the Old Testament. Even when the Israelites were wandering around the wilderness, He mm-hmm. provides quail, mm-hmm. um, and so. Yeah, so the meat's clearly there. All right, Drew, next question. Are there levels in heaven? And if so, how can I level up? <laughs> I'm just reading the questions, guys. All right, I'm just reading the questions. Oh, man. Level up. Oh, man. It goes back to my vid- video games, right? Like, <laughs> Brad, I'll let you start this one. Oh, man. I was thinking about that in terms of, I mean, there's... There's, I guess, there's more questions also about treasures being stored. Yeah, there's like, yeah, they're all stacked together. They're all, right they're all kind of connected. Yeah. But you know, you think about what well, there's treasures, or some people have more treasures than others, and we talked about that a little bit last week in terms of is there a stratification? But that's probably the wrong way to think about it. But and why would we even be motivated? You know, you know, isn't that the wrong motivation? But for me, I think I associate the treasures with the pleasures of God. You know, you, the, you know, the treasures are an acknowledgement of having done what pleases God. Mm. Uh, for doing his work and will and, and that's that's what we want just the way the same way we throw the crowns back to him and the crowns aren't about us the crowns about this is what you did through mm. me so just that you know it's evidence and a picture of what was accomplished through us but it was god who did it and we're give him all the credit yeah i don't see a lot of evidence in scripture for levels in heaven. And again, Mm -hmm. I think if you come back to it, this idea of levels means someone's better than someone else. And the only reason we're there is because of Christ, Mm -hmm. right? So it's nothing Mm -hmm. that we did to achieve heaven. It's through the grace and the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ. And so I I don't see any evidence of that. And in this idea of leveling up, if you want to level up, I think there is a great way to level up. It's here on earth, you know, Mm -hmm. follow, obey God, right? You know, bring people with you to heaven and right share mm-hmm. and live out the gospel and so but again that level up is not about what you 
get. It's mm-hmm. about how you can bring glory to God. We mm-hmm. often say the ground is level at the cross. Yeah. You know, that's a comment. You know, it's just no one has any reason to boast or brag or put yeah. themselves yeah. ahead of others. I got to believe that carries forward into heaven. Mm. Yeah. Next question is kind of similar in that vein. Brad slightly dipped into it. Mm-hmm. In Matthew 6.20 is where this person cites, Why should we work for treasures? Uh, well, some people have more treasures than others. This seems like a little bit of inequality in, mm-hmm. in heaven. To, to read Matthew 6.20, for those of you who may not know it, it says this, uh, Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Yeah, again, we read the Bible with such an earthly mentality, mm. right? It's it's it, it's sad, and I, I'm guilty of this, so I'm not picking on anybody. We read the Bible through the lens of our sinful mind and a treasure, right? We mm-hmm. label treasures here on earth as, you know, finances, money, the nice car, the nice home, right? Mm-hmm. Treasures in heaven, I think, look completely different. Like, right. what is a treasure on heaven? I think we have to ask this question, right? right. Well, I, I think... A treasure on heaven is when somebody, when I share my faith and Brad gets saved, who treasure in heaven, right? The relationships that we have. And so I think we have to be careful about this, this idea of storing up treasures in heaven being the same thing as storing treasures up on earth. Because the verse later re- reminds us, don't store up the same things on earth as you would in heaven, right? And so... <laughs> change your identity and your definition of what treasures are and place them more on godly things. Yeah, I think that's super helpful. I think that absolutely the emphasis of this text is that earth has a value system and heaven has a value system. Live by, you know, we're all tempted to live by earth's value system, Mm -hmm. me all the time. Live by heaven's value system. Yeah, and how different they are, right? Mm -hmm. Like earth and heaven, like they they, they aren't the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, the value system of heaven is, if you look at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount earlier, it's the Beatitudes. Right. And when Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, yep. you know, it, it is the value system of right. heaven. So if you want to store up more in heaven, build your character or build into godliness right. here, which yeah. Yeah. it does, you know, your character transfers. You know, yeah. I've read one author or theologian, he, he talked about like your character and who you are becoming here on this earth is one of the only things that transfers mm. with you that like who you are. In, mm-hmm. in, in the presence of God. Imagine if we value the fruits of the Spirit like we do money today. Right. Yeah. Right? Like if patience was as valuable to us as money. Like mm-hmm. that's what storing up treasures mm-hmm. in heaven means. Yeah. You spoke before about being surprised about who will be in heaven, but it'll, it'll probably also be surprised by who is celebrated in heaven. Mm-hmm. It's just like these people who are entirely invisible on earth yeah. who yeah. are crowning achievements yeah. of God's grace. Yeah. yeah. It's true. true. It's incredible. Next question is falls similar in this category. Um, we say, and this, and this is not saying, I'm reading the question here. We say that when we tithe, it builds up treasure in heaven for us. What does that mean? Well, I think that goes back to obedience, right? I think that, like, I, I believe anytime you live in obedience to God, you're storing up treasures in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the money you give back, right? Mm-hmm. Like God is somehow accumulating like, okay, they gave their 10%. Let me store that up for them in heaven, right? Yeah. Again, but I, I think anytime, like forget money, anytime I live in obedience to right. the great commission, the great commandment, to the fruits of the spirit, anytime mm-hmm. I value those things, I'm valuing something that is valued in heaven. And yeah. so... I think it comes back to that same conversation we just had. Yeah, and think yeah. what an encouragement it is to say for that person who is doing what's right, 
now that nobody sees or nobody appreciates or they're even you know, trashed for, but just, I know between me and God, I'm doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And it's only because of him, I'm doing it, you know, in heaven, we'll see God will see that will be remembered. Mm -hmm. The question is, I mean, we literally just wrote a message on, on tithing and and generosity. And, um, the question is, is you, you say in this and you say all the time is God's after our hearts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not about like, Oh, I need to tithe more now mm. so that I can get it back later. Yeah. That that seems like a very ill motive. Yeah. Like yeah. a very ill motive. <laughs> and the question is, is the that we're trying to get at when we, when we get around anything about giving away, if it's your time, if your talent, your money, is who has your heart? Yeah. You know, who genuinely has your heart? Because God doesn't need our money. Mm. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's possessing everything. He he has he actually has our money. He has we it. Don't give it to him. Even when we don't if give it to him, he can take he it. He can take it away. You know, it's just a question of is it going where it'd be beneficial for the building of his kingdom. But yeah, yeah it's tough. Another question around this line, um, we we answered this one already. The question was what 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 might our riches be? You know, the value system of heaven. We talked about that. So, mm-hmm. all right. Next question. Moving right through these. Uh, it sounds like there are material things in heaven, streets made of gold, etc. Then why should we care if gold and things like that are in heaven if we say they mean nothing? I think it's just a concession to earthly language. and I mean, it, it's impossible to describe heaven to us, right? We just, we, we, we it's perfection. can't see it or understand yeah. it's perfection. You know, it's going to... So we borrow from earthly imagery to try to kind of hint at and point at the right direction, you know? So streets of gold, I mean, I couldn't care less if there's streets of gold up there or not. Sea of crystal? That sounds painful. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not going swimming. So I think some of it is just a concession to the, you know, groping for words that communicate to us. I mean, whatever you think is wonderful here, well, it's infinitely exponentially better, you know. Yeah, because you you think about John in the book of Revelation, and he saw a vision of heaven, Mm -hmm. and now God's like, okay, write that down. Right. And he's like, I'll give him my best shot. <laughs> and so, you know, um, right. yeah, I think you hit. Right well, there. and remember, we're talking about God's dwelling place. Mm. Yeah. So we're talking about God, and it's going to be the best, right? And so yeah. the, the streets of gold, I don't think, are there to excite us. Mm-hmm. I think they're to represent how mm-hmm. awesome God is, right? Yeah. And the language of that is to, if you think of any any place in in our country that has streets of gold, you think of royalty, like the the person of all persons is there. Sure. I think some of that is to describe like this is God's dwelling place, yeah. and so it's gonna be full of things that we would see as royalty, mm-hmm. as like mm-hmm. amazing because it's God's home, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Streets of Gold is designed to make us long, wow, I can't wait to drive on a gold street. <laughs> I think it's to represent who is going to be there. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Nice. So hearing your past two sermons, uh, it makes me wonder, if heaven is really as good as you say it is, why waste any more time here on earth? Why not just intentionally end your life now? Hmm. I, you know, I don't think this is... <laughs> A strange question. Like we might read that and be like, mm-hmm. "Wow, I'm longing for heaven. Why wouldn't I? Why wait? 
Right. Right. And why would I waste any time? Mm-hmm. I think that's the problem with the question. I think if God has you here on earth, you're not wasting time. Mm-hmm. He's given you time to yeah. use for his glory. For right. sure. Right. And so I think as Christians, it's good to long for heaven, but it can become a dangerous thing yeah. where you're so sure. enthralled with the thought of heaven that you lose the insight of why God has you on earth, right? Mm-hmm. And and just read the scriptures. Like, we're here for a purpose. Yeah. We have a mission, and we have to live on that mission. And it's like Paul says, I'm going to run the race. For sure. I'm going to give it all I got, but I can't wait to the day where I cross the finish line. For real. That's our mentality on earth. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't wait to get to heaven. I tell mm-hmm. my wife all the time. I mean, I lay in bed, frustrating day. I'm like, I can't wait to be with God, Jesus, no. right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to wake up and run because yeah. God has me here. For sure. Right. And, oh, shoot, what was I going to say about that? I was so enthralled with your answer. Was, <laughs> that was amazing. Well, that makes one at least one Amen. person, right? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll jump in. Uh, just riffing off you, Drew. And Paul, Paul says in, in Philippians, you know, he's in jail, and he's longing to be with Jesus. He's, long, he's almost longing to die. But he says, you know, if I if I die, it I'll gain because mm-hmm. I'll get Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I'm, I'm left here, it's for your benefit. That's right. You know, Paul was so um, clearly focused on living others focused Mm, right you know he was so clearly focused on how can i be a benefit how can i live on purpose on mission Mm -hmm. fulfilling the great commandment and the great commission Mm -hmm. the commandments that jesus give has given me of loving my neighbor more than myself Mm -hmm. um and be effective for god's kingdom while i'm here you know whatever avenue that's in Mm -hmm. um and i think paul's a great you know biblical example of having that mentality of really deeply focused on heaven, longing for it, yeah. but saying, you know, if one more day, it's one more day to mm. live for God's kingdom. That's excellent. That reminds me of what I was thinking of was <clears throat> there are there's God's work that can only be done on earth. It's impossible to do in heaven. Yeah. Mm. When we get to heaven, it's too late. Yeah. It's too late to witness to your neighbor. It's yeah. too late to mm. you know, yeah. do the things that, you know, that God is doing to mm. make us ready for heaven, to... Get the full number yeah. uh, there. And I, I want to say something really kind of sensitive. If you feel this way, right, obviously somebody does. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, one question represents a lot of thoughts. Mm, you know, yeah. if you feel like, man, my life is wasted, can I tell you your life is not wasted? Yeah. If you're here on earth, God has a purpose for you. Right. And believe that and step into that, right? Mm-hmm. You, your life is valuable and don't don't give up, right? Mm-hmm. Don't give up and long for heaven because I'm telling you, you're here for a purpose. God can use you. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's good. Yeah. Uh, next question, kind of shifting gears a little bit. What about purgatory? Yeah. You know, I'll just admit my failures right up front. I was supposed to mention pur- purgatory in this, this Sunday's message, and I just blew it. I just... <sighs> It was zooming along, and the clock was winding down, and I missed it. So, yeah, purgatory is a it's an interesting concept. Um, just to be clear, I don't think we see any evidence of purgatory. I think intermediate heaven is is one one of those places where people would think like, okay, purgatory that's where I go and I I pay for my sins or I somehow work my way back into mm-hmm. right standing with God. And I think mm-hmm. the Bible clearly teaches that there is nothing that we do that fixes any of our sin, right? It's only through Christ. And I did a little research uh, in Catholic theology uh, just to try to, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, I can Google and I could find uh, websites that I trust, you know, the Gospel Coalition and Desiring God and ask that question and, and and get the 
straight laced, you know, evangelical answer that I, that I want, but I wanted to see, okay, what would a Catholic theologian, their argument for purgatory, mm. and at least in the few books of sections that I read is all of their arguments were based on the Catholic Apocrypha yep. or, or Catholic writings. It wasn't based on the the scriptures that we would affirm. I think they have a, a couple of scriptures. Yeah, the, they would li- like First Corinthians, where it talks about yeah. you know the our, our works being burned. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so they, they I, it's I think it's a misapplication. That's right. not what yeah. it's teaching, but they and uh, escape as by fire. There was a verse there, but mm-hmm. but those are real big stretches. But yeah. those yeah. words they have a little bit here. But yes, they they get more of it yeah. from the apocrypha. It's, like it's like Jude. 20 mm-hmm. and then um, and then first Corinthians it was but you're like, right I mean, a slight phrasing that they've taken and applied it to the Catholic idea of purgatory right I um, feel the same way about infant baptism you know so yeah. people you know they say well these verses kind of hint at it well, it doesn't say it yeah it's right hints, you know they yeah. make a connection they yeah. really have to stretch I think a strong argument is for in in this lane of saying it's not intermediate heavens not purgatory yes it's, is around Jesus saying to the thief um, we were talking about this last night in our community group. You know, he says, today you will be with me in paradise. He doesn't mm-hmm. say purgatory. Um, yep. And if there was anybody needing purging of some existing <laughs> sins, it yeah. would have been the thief on the cross, it's right? It, it, like the thief on the cross would have needed some extra right. washing there. <laughs> like, yeah. um, And so, but... Yeah, it seems like purgatory is there to satisfy unfinished sanctification. For sure. That there's sanctification that happens. So really, purgatory for me is earth. I mean, earth is the place where God is using trials, suffering, mm-hmm. frustrations to wean us yeah. of our love of earthly yeah. values and treasures yeah. and things and make us more yeah. fit for heaven. But that work is done through our earthly life. Mm. Justification, of course, happens instantly. That's why the yeah. thief on the cross could get into heaven. Because yeah. it's not yeah. it doesn't depend on our sanctification to get to heaven. Yep. It depends on our justification. That God says, I died for your sins, you're good, come on in. Yeah. So yeah. thief gets a gets to go in instantly. But yeah. for most of us, the reason we're here is because God is making us more holy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And purgatory seems to be that place we're trying to Okay, we didn't finish the work here on earth. Let's continue it. Now yeah, God yeah. uses our time on earth to yeah. do it. And a side note on that is, you know, for everybody listening, I think it's important to have your own walk with God because there are a lot of teachings out there mm-hmm. that we have to be able to come back to the Bible and say, hey, is this accurate or is this mm-hmm. not? Right? Even with yeah. me, like I teach every Sunday. Don't just believe it because I say it. Like, believe it because it's what God says. And we have to learn to be able to defend our faith, to to stand on what we believe in. And so let's not just be easily washed back and forth by teachings of man. Let's Mm -hmm. be rooted in the teachings of God. I've heard it said, Brad, um, riffing off what you just said, that we're we're getting purged of our our weaning from earth, or those kind of uh, analogy. And... Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of Christians that'll be forcibly weaned in heaven the moment they meet Jesus uh, because they haven't probably me they, you know they haven't matured as as yeah, they want enough, you know you look right. at like Hebrews or Paul saying like mm-hmm. y- why are you still on milk you you mm. should be eating solid food well Paul seems um, to do that right he gives up on people let's just yeah. send them to heaven no, now no. it's not doing them any good go. yeah <laughs> yeah and in in Romans eight it, it talks about that those stages of mm-hmm. you know justification sanctification and then glorification right. 
um, and and we should be progressing here, right. you mm-hmm. know. And so the question is, is you know, are you growing in your own walk with God, like yeah. just what you said, Drew? Mm-hmm. Are are we ma- maturing, mm-hmm. and not necessarily filling with head knowledge, but yeah. it's that, that obedience. It's mm-hmm. you know, the scriptures are not a means in the to the end in themselves. The mm-hmm. the goal of all of our lives is to live more godly lives, yeah. live more obedient lives, and the scriptures are the tool that God has provided for us, and they're an amazing, wonderful thing, but we shouldn't just be like, okay, I read my Bible. I'm good. It's like, no, mm. you, you read it. Now are you going to live it yeah. <laughs> um, is the next question. That's well, the next phase. Yeah. And that, I, I mentioned that Sunday, right? We, we talked a lot about theology, but theology is great. But if it, if it doesn't change the way we live, right? right? Yeah. It's like James. He says, don't just be hearers or readers of the word, but be doers of the word. And yeah. so it's this beautiful you know, balance of theology and application. That's why every Sunday we try to teach you God's word and tell you how God's word can change you, because that's sanctification. And we've, we've all seen in our own lives things oh. we've known for years, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's just like a getting hit by a freight truck becomes real, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, obviously for you and for me, you know, losing loved ones, yeah. things that we said we knew, you know? I mean, oh my goodness. And the rubber meets we the did, road, right? Yeah, yeah for we real. We thought we knew. We did There it was. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, next question. So you slowly riffed off of this um, Sunday, but it came in so many times I felt like, let's, let's hit this again. So can people in heaven see us on earth? Yeah, this is a tough question. Um, We don't know is the answer, right? I think scriptures, I think like Revelation 6, gives us a window that we might know Mm. some of the things that are happening on earth. Randy Alcorn suggests that maybe we can see the good on earth. I I have a hard time believing we're going to see you know, our loved ones living in sin or doing something mm. sinful, right? Again, it's so hard to know because we are going to be in perfection, right? We're going to be made fully righteous in the presence of the Lord. And so <laughs> we don't know. I think we have a window, a small window, like the saints crying out, when are you going to restore, mm-hmm. you know, judge evil? Um, but that doesn't get that doesn't really let us know. They know like specifics of what's going on earth. They just know what God's will is. The scriptures teach us that He's going to do that. And so maybe they're just crying out mm-hmm. because they long for that. They long for their bodies to be resurrected. And so I I don't know is the answer. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> you know, boss. I think about the flip side of it too. Is you know, so we're asking about can they see us or communicate? You know see us or be aware of us. I know people ask questions about, can we communicate with them? And you know, there's a Catholic teaching that you pray to saints, right? Mm-hmm. And petition through that, which I do not believe yeah. is biblical at all. I mean, the one whose attention we have in heaven is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I know my mom, my mom, I know, I, now I've got to tell the story. Well, so the story for my mom, my, my dad died at age 52. I'm 59, so it's interesting to live a life longer than my father. Mm. But uh, my mom was devastated, of course, you know, by that. My parents were both believers. But my mom believed she could talk to my dad. I, do, I don't think it was valid, but she believed it. It's <laughs> one of the hard things with heaven and the spiritual realm is I do believe God still does miracles, and mm-hmm. he gives people a window, and like what he did with Johnny. I don't know how that works, and so it's hard. It's so hard when you have a conversation with somebody mm-hmm. of like, hey, I, you know, some people, I've, I've talked to people like, hey, I've had a glimpse of heaven. And it's my first initial reaction is like, no. 
No, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but who am I to say what God does, right? Yeah. You know, and it's so hard in these conversations that people experience something. Is it real? Is it genuine? Is it a bad piece of bacon, right? right. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because we have these other scriptural examples of... Um, people being able to see from heaven. You know, you have the rich man and Lazarus across the abyss. That's interesting. Uh, You have that concept of Mm -hmm. of a man in intermediate heaven looking to a man in hell. Um, And so you have that, and then you have Revelation 6. Uh, There's another question that wrinkles this again that I'm going to go ahead and ask of... Sure you are. I'm sure. Why do you smile when you take wrinkles? (laughs) Uh, So if we say that there's no pain and suffering... In heaven, it seems like Revelation six. They're not excited. They're 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 almost in sorrow, but they're in heaven. Explain that. Yeah, I, I think that's a not a a good interpretation. I think they are excited for God to restore earth. Like okay, okay think about Christmas, right? Um, my kids are like, is it Christmas yet? Is it Christmas yet? Are we mm. going to celebrate Christmas? Yeah. They're longing for something that they know is coming that is good, right? And so yeah. I don't think this is a like, how long must we wait, Lord? It's like, God, we can't wait until you yeah. make everything right, right? That longing for something that is holy, that is perfect, that is yeah. good. I think this is an excitement. I think this is like, let's go. Let's do this, God. We're ready for you to make. We want to see our brothers and sisters in Christ come. Like We know that we've been on earth, right? Mm-hmm. We know what it's like. We, we long for the day where you make all things right. Yeah, and, and it shows us just how earthly, and I'm not calling out this person who ever wrote in this question, but how we read scripture sometimes mm-hmm. with an earthly mindset. Because, I mean, the first time I read this passage, you know, I almost read it with this vi- interpretation in my mind of like, they're crying, like, how long, God, until you can like get rid of this sin and like, mm-hmm. but it's like, you, you go back and you're reading it in context thinking, okay, they are in heaven with a holy, perfect God. They They have been purged of all their sinful desires that, you know, they're in the presence of holiness, full-on holiness. Mm-hmm. The, and they share and they God's share, thirst for the consummation. Yeah, they share his hunger, his thirst, his desire mm-hmm. for all things to be made right. Okay, they're not crying. They're, they're not. They're, they're fully attentive of mm-hmm. this is what we want to. How long, God? Yeah, it's, their will is aligned with God's, yeah. right? That's perfection, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's our problem, right? Yeah. When our our will butts in the way with God's, right? Yeah. And now here they are cheering and hoping and waiting yeah. and longing for God's will to be done. Right. Yeah, and so that's a, that's a good perspective. It's a good question. Good yeah, answer. Oof. All right, well... Guys, we, we rifled through a bunch, all right? And so uh, thanks so done? much for tuning in. We're not done yet. We're actually got gonna, a couple more weeks in the podcast. Yeah, we got a couple more weeks in the podcast. We're actually going to jump in here in a few seconds. Um, so hopefully, if your question hasn't been answered yet, it will be next week on A Little Better. Stay tuned. <laughs>